0: Hey there beautiful souls, I'm Coach Liz and welcome, welcome to the Self Love Lounge where we're about to embark on a journey of self-discovery, empowerment, and all things love, which you know is my favorite. In this cozy corner of the podcast world, we're going to dive deep into the conversations that matter most to us, love, relationships, and the beautiful chaos of everyday life. Picture this as your safe haven, a space where you can be unapologetically you. Whether you're sipping your favorite tea, out on a walk, or multitasking through life's craziness, this is your place to hit pause, breathe, and connect. I've been a transformative life coach now for just one year, and let me tell you the journey to self love is messy, it's real, and it's incredibly rewarding. In the Self-Love Lounge, we're going to share stories, explore challenges, and find inspiration in the everyday moments that shape us. It's like a cozy chat with your best friend, who just happens to be your coach, sprinkled with a little touch of magic. So grab your favorite blanket, get comfy, and let's embark on this beautiful journey together. Hello, lovely souls, and welcome, welcome to the Self-Love Lounge. Today's episode, it's a game changer, as I spill the tea on my journey. So I want you to grab your favorite beverage, sink into coziness, and let's dive into a story that will keep you hooked. I want you to get ready for some real talk into the moments of Coach Liz's life. In this episode, I'm going to share my spiritual journey of becoming free from addiction, anxiety, people-pleasing, and a life, well, that just wasn't really aligned with who I really am and was. Four years ago, when I found myself half naked on my mother's lawn, completely annihilated from overdrinking and trying to numb all of the pain and feelings I had, what I really wanted was a better way to live. I was at the bottom of my life. I had just went through divorce, um, previously lost my job, left my home. Basically, uh, everything that I knew and loved was gone. Um, people say, well, you made that choice, right? So it it couldn't have been that bad. You wanted it, didn't you? But what people don't understand is nobody walks away from a marriage because they want to. People walk away from a marriage because there's something in the marriage that's not working. And what wasn't working for me wasn't that, I didn't love and care about that person. I I loved my ex-husband deeply. But I had to love myself more. And at the end of the day, I knew if I had stayed, I couldn't be the person I wanted to be. Was it hard? Heck, yeah, it was hard. It was hard. It was really, really hard. And... I don't think anybody walks away and doesn't feel pain. You know, um, gosh, I mean, we got, we started dating first year college. I was, I was 18. He was 18. We were babies and, you know, we, we, we did everything wrong, like backwards and twisted. You know, we had a baby, then we got married and, and then we bought the house. So, it definitely wasn't. Uh, <laughs> it definitely wasn't your traditional, you know, um, plan that maybe my mother had hoped for, uh, maybe I even hoped for. But it's what I got. It's it's what happened, and it's my story. So, um, you know the the twists and turns, and what I say to everybody is. It's, it's, it's just extremely important that you're willing to grow and evolve because if you don't, then any relationship you're in is, is going to break. So that's what happened. You know, I continued to evolve and grow and he was very content staying status quo um, and if anything, I'm sure he thought, well, why can't you just let things be? Why why do you have to keep wanting more and doing more and having more? And, you know, part of that I get, part of that I do get, but then the part, there's parts I don't, right? And as I say, if you don't, if you don't grow and evolve, and I'm not saying grow and evolve for somebody else, You grow and evolve because that's your God-given right. But if you don't grow and evolve where you started, right? So where we started at 19 and where we ended at 40, the people that we were, we're not going to naturally be the same people. However, as you continue to grow, if there's not alignment in that growth, what happens is there's a crack. And at first it starts as a little crack, like a little tiny crack you don't even see. But what happens over time and through that and through those differences and the separation is the the crack widens, right? It gets bigger and resentments grow. And before you know it, you have like a whole island between the two of you and you're standing on different islands and you look at each other like, who are you? Like you, you don't even really recognize each other anymore. And that's what happened. Right. That's what happened. And I think the last couple of years of my marriage, if I'm being honest, I I take full responsibility for everything on my side. I do. Because I don't believe blaming somebody else for your life is is uh it's it's just why? Why would we blame somebody else? I had a choice always. Um but I believe I chose to ignore it, you know, even though I knew That there were things that were happening that weren't serving us, I also ignored it because it was comfortable, right? It was comfortable and it was just easier. It was easier just to let things be than to break it all up and make a mess, so to speak. Um, But eventually what happens is when we continue to resist what is meant to be, it will keep persisting, right? Right. And that's exactly what happened. You know, it, the, the pain got bigger, you know, the voices inside got louder and things just got to a point where I couldn't ignore it anymore. Um, I lost myself is what really happened. I lost myself and I tried everything I could to make that work, Um. To the point of, you know, drowning myself at the bar every night with alcohol when I knew I should be home with my children. Not a proud moment. Not a lot of proud moments there. Um, but at any anyway, rate, you know, I I knew that that was not going to change. That my drinking wasn't going to change if I stayed. I knew that I wasn't going to get the love that I needed and wanted, I was, I felt very lonely, very alone because I am very emotional, (laughs) good and bad, right? I have a lot of big emotions and I crave intimacy. I crave connection and, you know, he did not. And so it left me feeling very alone and on an island. Um, So there were things, right? There were just a lot of things that added up throughout the years, and I'm sure for him too. Um, But at the end of the day, we have two beautiful children, beautiful, and, um, you know, I will never, I will never regret that relationship because one, I loved him and I loved him for a reason, but two... I learned a ton, right? I got a, I I learned a lot. I have wonderful memories. I have two beautiful children, like there there's nothing to regret. Um but I think we all owe it to ourselves to really look deeply at who am I and is this aligned with who I want to be? And I've talked about this, you know how you how you spend your time tells you who you are, right? So, if you're spending every night at the bar drinking and you think that those people that are serving you those beverages and the people next to you that are completely annihilated are your friends. Well, I guess that is a lesson. <laughs> um I think for me it was just I needed meaning. I needed more. I needed, I needed meaning. I needed, I needed to be able to feel and remember and see. I got to the point where I couldn't even remember. I I, I couldn't remember anything. I couldn't remember a conversation from yesterday. I abused my body so bad with alcohol. My hair was thinning and falling out. I had bruises all over my body. I had brain fog. I was. Sick all the time, I, I, I just was not taking care of myself in any way, shape, or form. And, you know, if you are someone that struggles with addiction, you know, my heart goes out to you because I do believe, I deeply believe it's not, you know, anything to feel shame around. I think people are quick to judge those that are addicts, but it's truly, it's a survival mechanism because we are so deeply pained that we hide and numb ourselves. And we all have this to some extent, right? We all have, we all have our vices and things we do to distract ourselves every day, whether it's shopping or eating or, you know, gosh, there's so many, <laughs> but we all have our vices. You know, we all have ways of distracting ourselves and and not sitting in our shit, so to speak. Um, but you know addiction is real it's an illness it's it's no joke man and i i don't i don't judge people that are addicts i i just feel for them because i know what it's like and i pray that they can find that they can find their way out you know i was one of the lucky ones and there were many moments within my drinking that I probably shouldn't have survived it. A lot of things I did that were, oh gosh, just really, really awful. But I did it because it was, it helped me feel alive. It helped me feel something because in those moments, I just needed to feel something. And that helped me to feel something sounds crazy. I get it. But if, if you're in those moments, you know, where you're just fighting yourself, you're not alone. You are not alone. There are so many of us that have or are in that place. And I hope this message finds you and resonates with you enough where you can keep coming back because I want this to be a safe space where everybody can come and shed their shame and feel safe to just drop their shoulders and take a deep breath and feel connected to a community that is cheering you on, who loves you and who knows who knows that you are an amazing human just for being you. So anyway, that was that was definitely one of my breakthroughs and groundbreaking moments was both my divorce and my sobriety. And you know, one happened and then the other happened, um, not too long after. But it was definitely the dark night of the soul that they talk about. It was definitely one of those moments where God, the universe, whatever you happen to believe in was there and, um, guided me from that place. Thank God. Um, and you know, my, my sobriety, my sobriety taught me a lot. It taught me, it taught me how to live one day at a time. Just, just one day. I don't need to take on the whole world and the rest of my life. I just need to stay in today and get through today. It's where I learned I learned healthier habits. It's where I learned, instead of picking up a drink when I was having a bad day, to put my coat on and go take a walk and get out in nature, which has always reminded me that life is bigger than any problem I'll ever have. You know, and... And it was moments where you have to just do any everything or anything you can. You know, there was no judgment. If you had to eat a bag of M&Ms, if you had to jump in the shower, if you had to call and just talk it out, if you had to get out your notepad and write something down, whatever your thing was, it didn't matter. Just do it. Because all you needed to do was get through that one moment, right? And, you know, I've always wanted, I've always wanted to find a better way to live. I've always wanted to believe, right, that something better was possible. But I needed, I know, I knew I needed to change the way I was living if I wanted that. So, you know, getting sober was a benchmark for the way I live for the, for my new life, so to speak. And I've been sober three years now and I'm so grateful for that. You know, my first friend in rehab, Vern, even then, <laughs> even then that's when I found my walking was in rehab. I, I literally walked around the parking lot. I mean, it wasn't big. It, if you think about a schoolyard that's all fenced in. It was, it was like the parking lot of a school and it was all fenced in. Thankfully, it was in West Palm Beach, Florida. Beautiful weather. And I was grateful for that because, boy, did I need that with my walking. But, you know, every day I walked in a circle numerous times. And that was, that was what got me through. And one of the first friends I made, Vern, he joined me. And he started walking around <laughs> in circles in this parking lot with me. And we just... We could be completely raw and real. You know, it was the moment where you don't have makeup, you don't have your phone, you don't have any of the vices that you're used to having in everyday life. You are stripped bare. It was, I think, the very first time I had ever been around people besides my family without makeup on. So this was talk about like really cracking open. It it was, you know, I had to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. And there was no makeup. There was no phone to distract myself with. It was me, myself, my thoughts, and Vern. (laughs) And we ate a lot of ice cream out of the ice cream machine there. And we took a lot of walks to walk it off in the parking lot. And, you know, you learn a lot in experience. That's all I can say. But I did. And I'll never forget. I, I was scared shitless. Headed there, headed to rehab, but I was also scared shitless leaving because it's all I knew. And being sober was that that parking lot, that building, those people. And when I got on that plane, I had to go back to real life. I had to go back and be surrounded by, you know, the bars I had always gone to and the people I had always drank with. They were all there. And so the idea of going back and it was scary because I was like, oh, my God, am I going to be able to stay sober? You know, how am I going to be who I am now with all of those people that only knew me as a drunk? And that's where I continued my walking and my journaling and my phone calls. And, you know, it was it was. It was raw and real and painful and ugly and messy, but I fucking got through it, man. I did it, you know, and thank God. But yeah, I'll never forget, you know, last year when, gotta love Facebook, I wake up and I open my phone and there's a big Facebook message that my friend Vern had died of overdose and I'll never forget how I felt in that moment it just I was so sad I was so sad and I thought oh my god that could have been me could have been fucking me and it just sat with me so deeply I was sad for days it just hit me because it was so close to home. And even now, I still talk to him. <laughs> I still am like, how you doing up there, Vern? I know you're you're looking down and keeping me strong. But when you make connections with people like that, you know, it's just, it's real, right? So anywho, yeah, sobriety, sobriety definitely was a awakening for me. And it you know it helped me it helped me peel back the layers to reveal the truth of of who I really am, right my essence, the part of me that I had ignored for so long and I learned in that process I don't have to go anywhere to find peace, right I had to strip away all those layers of pain and blockage that I had been ignoring for so long and having this radical opportunity to hit rock bottom in that way really was the catalyst for my my personal awakening and my mission in this life and i believe it's maya angela who says as soon as healing takes place go out and heal somebody else right and you know i that path which this happened over 4 years it wasn't like i got sober and i was like oh i'm going to start coaching But throughout this process, as I continued to grow and evolve, I realized that anything that wasn't in alignment with who I really was was very blatant and bold to see. And that calling just kept coming to me and kept saying, this is what you're supposed to do. So maybe you're listening to this and you've hit, You've hit bottom, right? And you have no idea why you're here other than something led you here right now to this story to help you find your own way. And I am so glad you are here and can start shifting your perspective and witness miraculous change because I want this podcast to be a way to crack open your own truth and lead you to your own spiritual connection and awakening. And I'm I'm just so incredibly grateful to be here live to tell you my story. Because I want you to know you're not alone in your suffering. There is freedom on the other side. And that freedom is my mission for you, to crack you open to your inner wisdom. I've cracked open a few times on my journey. Getting sober, well, that was a big one. But divorcing my college sweetheart after 20 years of marriage, that definitely cracked me open. Moving 10 hours away from the place I grew up in, the only place I've ever known, that cracked me open. And leaving corporate America after almost 20 years to start my own business, that also cracked me open. And each of these experiences have humbled me. They've humbled me. They've helped me grow and expand and learn. But I don't think any experiences, any experience that we go through is ours to keep for ourselves. I think the the biggest and the, the best way we can be of service is to use those experiences that we've been through to give back and to help others in the, that same place, to share those stories with others, because even if it helps one person, it's worth it, you know, and for me, I know that's what helped me get where I am. It was it was my people. It was the inspiration from others. It was the inspiration from the books I've always read and the podcasts I listened to. I mean, I remember every morning on the way to work, I listened to Oprah's podcast. And there would be mornings where I'd be like, oh, my God, yes, yes. That's what I needed to hear this morning. It was like it came directly to me, Oprah, was my conduit, right? It was like she came to me and she spoke to me and she said the things I needed to hear. And believe it or not, that was a big part of this. All of those things combined just kept leading me to where I am. And I hope this can be one of those places for you. I really do. Because I believe all of these are stepping stones to help you be where you're you're where you're supposed to go, right? I mean, I know Ramda says your path is your path and that confuses so many people. Um, but, you know, I think when you're stuck, you always feel like, oh my God, what if I go left and I'm supposed to go right or vice versa, right? Like how do I know which way I'm supposed to go? But there isn't a right or wrong. It's just whichever way you choose to go is the way you're supposed to go, right? Mm-hmm. And that takes a lot less, that takes a lot of the pressure off, I guess is the best way to put it. So I want you to all feel like you're not alone on this path to healing and self-love, okay? And another beautiful quote, which I absolutely love, is, if an egg is broken by outside force, life ends. But if it's broken by inside force, life begins. So what I what that means to me is, right, we have to look at our inner knowing, right? What is this trying to say to me? you know we all have this desire to stay comfortable it's hard to find the courage to step into your own truth and claim what's rightfully yours but i promise you if you can if you can find that courage it's worth it it will help you find the freedom the peace that you so deserve and it's it's in reach so if you're in pain you feel stuck and unsure why Chances are that you're ignoring the signs in those voices. If your inner being is resisting the truth of who you are, lean in. Let yourself lean into it and just get curious. doesn't mean you have to even do anything. Just get curious about it. So I'm reading this book. And for all of you that know me know I love my books. <laughs> um. But this book, um, this book came to me. Um, I saw it at Barnes and Nobles and I did get it for Christmas from Thomas. I'm very grateful, but it's called It's On Me by Sarah Kuborek. I hope I'm pronouncing her last name correctly. But anyway, she's the millennial therapist. You can find her on Instagram and she talks all about, you know, pretty much the same topic. She talks about self-loss. And one of her quotes in the book, which I love, is ground in your why and it will lead you to your how. Ground in your why and it will lead you to your how. Be true to your how and it will lead you to yourself. Whew, I get chills. I love that because I say this all the time. You have to know your why, right? You have to have a big enough why. And I truly believe this because if you don't know your why and you don't have a big enough why, it's not going to work. And you just have to take that leap of faith. When I when I started this coaching business, I, I it was a leap of faith. It was scary as heck, right? But I had to lean into it because I had to trust that if if I was doing this because it's what I was called to do. Everything would work out the way it was supposed to, right? The how would get figured out. And when the how is figured out, right, it's going to ultimately lead me to the deepest parts of myself. So I I just love that. And I think it's so true, right? Ground in your why and it will lead you to your how. Be true to your how and it will lead you to yourself. So we must lean into who we really are if we're ever to be free and know true peace. Okay, I believe that we all have the power to live the life that we desire. I do. When you ignore the experiences that bring you great suffering, they'll keep showing up. They'll keep getting louder and more disruptive. But I think if you can lean in to some of that and get curious, it will help you and be a stepping stone to the truth that lies within you. And I want this to be a place where you can show up and take responsibility for your true self. I want this to be a safe haven, a shame shifting experience where you can get wisdom and guidance And to give a voice to the difficult conversations about addiction, divorce, trauma, codependency, people-pleasing, well, and so much more. We bring them to the self-love lounge so you never feel like you're alone, so you recognize yourself in somebody else. We're going to talk about tough stuff in here, but it's going to be meaningful, right? And it's going to allow us to get unstuck so that we don't have to stay small. I want you to be able to lift the weight of those tough conversations so that you can feel lighter, show up better, and be the best versions of yourself. And I want you to always remember you're not alone. You are guided here to press play and keep listening. So just say a moment of gratitude for being here, for hearing this message today. Open your heart to the possibilities of what's to come. And keep showing up. Every Thursday, visit us in the Self-Love Lounge with an open heart and an open mind. And I'm really excited because next Thursday, we have an amazing, amazing human on with us who was one of my first clients and has become a dear friend She's going to share her healing and self-love journey with all of you. And I know that there's going to be parts of it that are going to resonate deeply with you. So I hope you will come back next Thursday and listen to her story as she shares her vulnerabilities and embraces her truths with you. I cannot wait to keep sharing with you. And please continue to share your stories with me. I've loved the emails and the DMs I've received from you with all of your stories, and I'm going to start sharing them in the weeks to come. I want this to be a place where we can share those stories. So if you have a story you want to share, email me at elizabeth at for the love of self coach. Again, that's elizabeth at for the love of self coach. I can't wait to read your stories. All right, all I am signing off for today, but I cannot wait to join you again next week. I hope you have an incredible week and remember, I love you all to the moon and back.